Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. trumpet in the new moon, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute forever, this, for this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. Just read to you Psalms 81, verses 3 and 4. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. The most high in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. And if somehow you have not uh, gotten a hint from the introduction on the show, um, we are today discussing the Feast of Trumpets. And joining me in the virtual living room to discuss the Feast, Feast of Trumpets we have first off our brother Yawanathan. Shalom, bro. And we have our brother Kabar. Yawanathan is not responding right now. Yes, and shalom. All praises to the Most High in Christ. Glad to be back with the listeners. All praises. And we have Kazakia. Hey, shalom, brothers. Most High in the name of Christ. Bless all. Definitely glad to be back. And, uh, like the way uh, that, that that intro music was tweaked right there, man. That, that sounded really nice. <laughs> that part now, you know what I'm saying? Well, praises. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed that. It was definitely uh, a joy to put it together. Um, Brothers, uh, Feast of Trumpets, um, you know, just going on the name itself, you might think that, well, this is a feast in honor of people who play trumpets. Uh, but it's nothing like that, is it? No, it's not, it's not quite like that, there, brother. Okay. What what what, what uh, I like to go into today is a few things. You know, uh, considering that probably most people, unless they have really read the Old Testament, uh, they 
may have never heard of the Feast of Trumpets. And so I would like to go into the uh, the origin of the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, when exactly does it take place this year? Uh, how does how do you go about keeping the Feast of Trumpets? You know, what things do you do and, and not do? And, you know, how has Christ impacted that observance? And uh, and then finally, you know, let's talk about for the people who've never kept Feast of Trumpets before, you know, do they need to keep Feast of Trumpets? And if so, what do they, what do they need to do? Um, and earlier this year, we had uh, a series of three programs where we actually went over holy dates, you know, all the holy dates of the year, but we did not go into finite detail. Uh, we said at that time that, you know, as each of these feast days were approaching, that we would go into into, into detail. So that's what we're going to uh, cover today. So first off, uh, uh, brothers, if you would, um, you know, you can jump on whenever you're ready. Uh, just enlighten us, you know, what's the origin of the Feast of Trumpets? Was that origin in the church? Uh, did that place take place, uh, started up in, in Egypt and Babylon? How did that all begin? You know, I'm thinking of the scriptures right now. Go right ahead, brother. I'm the scriptures right now. Um, well, if you look at um, Leviticus chapter 23 <clears throat> and verse 23, that's where we find the codification, the giving of the of the uh, feast days of the Heavenly Father. And among those feast days, we have the Feast of Trumpets. Um, of course, they are feasts that cycle through throughout the year from the first uh, first first month all the way to the 12th month, and we have gone through quite a few of those feasts, uh, beginning with uh, uh, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and along those, uh, 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 along the way, we have had, you know, um, the Passover, uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Pentecost, you know, uh, now we're coming up to Trumpets, and along the way also we've had New Moon, so on and so forth, going through that. But the giving of the Feast of Trumpets, we can read Leviticus 23, verse, and starting at verse 23, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. So here's the most I let, and let's know that in the seventh month and the first day of the month, it's simultaneously a new moon and also the feast of memorial blowing of trumpets. And in that, it was supposed to be, um, it was going to be a Sabbath day. So we already knew the laws and the, and, and the uh, guidelines surrounding the Sabbath day. And of course, it was going to be a holy convocation. So not only was there not going to be any servile work being done, meaning your regular uh, uh, your work regular six work a day week that was going to cease. It was going to be a holy convocation, meaning a gathering, a true and a, a, a um, holy gathering unto the heavenly Father, where the congregation actually comes together to acknowledge this day. And you was actually going to be blowing the trumpets. And there's a reason why you were going to be blowing the trumpets. But also, we find that reference in uh, Numbers 29 and 1. W were you going to that one, Zach, or, or should I read it? Uh, I can read it, but just to basically just emphasize, or in this case, reemphasize the point that uh, these, this is one of the high holy days that we are supposed to keep. Um, as you read, it's in the seventh month, start the first day. And believe it or not, uh, the seventh month is, is, is a, it's a, it's packed with feasts. The first of mm -hmm. it being, being first and foremost what we're talking about now, which is 
the memorial blowing of trumpets, but also during this month will also be the Day of Atonement, or during that particular month when it comes will be the Day of Atonement, as well as the Feast of Tabernacles. So uh, this seventh month, which is coming up, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be full of feasts to the Heavenly Father. Uh, and, of course, the, 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 uh, the high holy days that we keep are not the same as the holidays that are celebrated here. And for all of those who have a desire to return in sincerity and truth to following Christ, following and keeping the high holy days of the Heavenly Father is just part of what the Most High requires of us when we repent and return back to the Most High in sincerity and truth to, to serve and, and follow him, including the high holy days. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what what I'm trying to get to though is, is regarding the origin. You know, where did this start it up? Who started it up? Why did they start it up? And I see the scriptures here saying you're supposed to do it. You know, in Leviticus 23 or 20, 23. Um, but you know, how did that come about? Was you know, like with Passover, you you had the, the Exodus out of Egypt. Was there some other situation similar to that that occurred that brought the Feast of Trumpets? Well, what you have is our people are exiting. Yes, we have the exodus out of Egypt, and the, and the first of the initiation of that exodus was actually, you know, the um, was Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You have the Israelites, a great multitude, leaving Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, and on their journey, which at that time is going to wind up being a 40-year journey throughout the wilderness. And as we go along, you had certain markers, certain dates, certain times that the Heavenly Father appointed where we were going to be acknowledging, uh, growing, learning, and understanding what it is to actually serve the Most High and actually uh, live according to his commandments. And as it went along, these feast days were being kept in the wilderness uh, among our people. And uh, there was quite a few purposes um, going on at that time, not only are the weeding out of the obedient and disobedient of the Lord's people, but also establishing the culture, the dictates, the norms, uh, the, the, the ramification of how our society was going to be set up. And that's where you mm-hmm. have the origins of a beginning actually in the wilderness when our people left Egypt. Mm-hmm. So did the Feast of Trumpets itself, did that have anything to do with, you know, every time the camp moved, I think uh, you know, the first time a Trump town, then there was one tribe that was supposed to move out, and they moved out in, in, in it was either clockwise or counterclockwise fashion, and each time a trumpet sounded, the tribe would move. I think, if I remember correctly, does it have anything to do with that? No. Well, no. Go ahead. Go ahead yeah. Uh, sorry, brother. I had some, some problems, uh, but I'm here now. Um, if I could just add to explain why these days are the way they are, uh, maybe this scripture can help in further Understanding um, Ecclesiasticus um, Chapter 33 I'm going to read 7 to 9 <clears throat> And it reads It says why doth one day excel another When as all the light of every day In the year is of the sun By the knowledge of the Lord They were distinguished And he altered seasons and feasts Some of them hath he made high days And hollowed them And some of them hath he made ordinary days So like the brother was bringing out this scripture here, because every word that you know must be proven by the word of the heavenly Father, and by these, these scriptures here is showing you that it's the heavenly Father that's picking out um, these days, and He's the one that's setting them up and or, ordaining them to be 
um, high holy days, even though every day has, what, 12 hours a day, 12, 12 um, hours of darkness, or better yet, depending on where you're at, definitely you have 24 hours of uh, in one day. So it's the Heavenly Father that's picking these days out and setting them up as he wished, as he wanted to be. It's not like he had a council and he said, what do you think? It, it mm -hmm. doesn't go like that with the Lord. It's like he took these days and he said, listen, this is what I'm going to consider the high holy days, and I'm going to esteem these days for my own reasons. And, you know, it's up for us um, as, as followers of the Heavenly Father, those that want to come back, repent, and follow the doctrine of Christ to uh, pick up these days and acknowledge them as the Heavenly Father gave us from the beginning. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that, brother. Now, uh, so we understand now about the origin. Um, when exactly does this take place, this this year? Well, at any time in, in any year, but in, and also in this year, when exactly is the Feast of Trumpets? Well, an exact date according to your Gregorian calendar if you want an exact date, it will be September, uh, Friday, September the 18th of 2009 uh, at dark. Now, we know that, of course, the Gregorian calendar, the solar calendar, the Hebrew calendar, is a lunar calendar based on the cycles of the moons, and that's why we acknowledge the new moons or, or the 30-day periods that have passed between months. Um, so as far as how you line it up and adjust it so that you will understand when it actually falls according to the calendar that we follow in these lands that we are, the Gregorian calendar, it would actually fall, uh, like I said, September the 18th, Friday, at dark, would be the memorial blowing of the trumpet's feast. Okay. And, and Kazakia, uh, how, how do you go about calculating uh, from the scriptures, what scriptures would uh, tell you when to actually go calculate that date of September 18th at dark? Okay, well, basically, as the brother brought out, uh, our calendar is a lunar-based calendar. So the most High set it up so that we have to follow, we can judge time by the moon. So when you read back, here's, here's one indicator. When you read back in Leviticus where we were in uh, chapter 23, uh, verse 24, it says, Speak unto the children of Israel in the seventh month, the first day of the seventh month shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation, which means holy gathering. So as, as we go about the calendar, we're, we are approaching the seventh month, according to our Hebrew calendar. We're approaching the seventh month. And, of course, every month, every month is a new moon. So when we approach the seventh month, like the scripture says, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, the beginning of that of any month of our of our month starts at dark. So, when as it was calculated September the 18th at dark, that's when our new moon. Well, in this particular case, the memorial blowing of trumpets starts. But to answer your question, our months are based on the lunar cycle and on the solar cycle. So. We have the first month, of course, the second, third, fourth, fifth, so forth, and so on, because the Most High gave us months by numbers. This upcoming month, excuse me, this upcoming September the 18th, at dark, is the beginning of our seventh month. Coincidentally, or subsequently, as a result, there is the new moon. In this case, the memorial blowing of the trumpet. Okay. Now, let's, let's just think for a moment. Uh, someone that has is, is never heard of the Memorial Bonner Trump, they've, 
barely heard of Passover. Um, and when it, when it comes to Gregorian calendar, who in the world is that? <laughs> you know, for somebody like that, you know, do you think that to some degree we may still be speaking Greek to them, and and we might there may be some other bit of information that we could bring to them uh, to uh, clarify, uh, you know, how the seventh month in in the scriptures is not July. Well, this is like the brother brought out, and just to add a bit of clarity if, if, if it is possible. Um, because our the Hebrew calendar, when you read in the Bible and the time frames that you read about in the Bible, uh, the first basic thing to understand is it's based on the cycles of the moon. Okay, that's number one. The most I chose at a certain point in time when we, the nation of Israel was to be uh, delivered and left leave Egypt, uh, that was going to be, he said, that would simply be the beginning. And the time record was kept from that time. Now, you have, in, in the society that we have, that we're in now, time is not based on what CNN says on TV. How time is actually kept in, you know, in America, for one, and around the world, is based on what they call the atomic clock. The atomic clock is based on the actual movements of the bodies of the sun and the moon. And also, you know, they add in also the constellations, things like that. But it's based on the cycles of the suns and the moon. And based on those cycles of the sun and the moon, you can determine when is the first new moon of a year. Okay. Once you understand when is that first new moon of a, a, a after the 12 cycles have ended, of the, the 12 uh, month cycles have, have ended of one year, the beginning of a, an entirely new uh, a yearly annual cycle of the sun, that first new moon, that's when it's determined that that's the first day, uh, the first moon, the first day of the beginning of our entire year cycle of the moon. And from that first day, you can calculate, okay, is this the first day of the year? And then so many days, you'll, you, you, you could begin to plot every 12 months when a, when a cycle of the moon will occur. And once you begin to plot all of those 12 cycles, within those 12 cycles, you can determine the days in which the holy days would fall in. So generally speaking, what time of year does that uh, new cycle of 12 months begin? Generally, uh, the Gregorian calendar. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, brother. You want to explain it? No, no. Just basically because you, you were asking generally what time of the what time of that new year begin? Um, brother Yosai, you were referring to the new year of the Heavenly Father, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Generally speaking, that 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 generally speaking that new year uh, starts March April. Uh, mm-hmm. In the, in that time frame of the spring, of course, depending on the new moon. Now we've got the different phases of the moon. Of course, when you've got starting from that sliver, as it begins, as it begins to uh, when you look in the when you look in the sky, you, you, you may see a sliver, and then of the moon, and then and, you know as the days pass, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you see the full moon, and then of course. Uh, as time uh, passes again, that full moon its size begins to diminish and diminish and diminish and diminish until there is no moon in the sky. Okay, so now basically, of course, knowing and understanding the scriptures, the Most High's month is basically a 30, uh, 30-day cycle. So when there is no moon in the sky, March, April sometime, that's basically the beginning of the new year according to the Hebrew calendar, according to God Almighty. And as you begin to see the moon and the size and, and the size of the moon in the sky increases, that lets you know that the month is progressing. When you see the full moon, 
in its entirety, all 360 degrees of it, that's the strong indicator to you that, okay, we're about halfway through this particular month. And as the, as the, and from the new moon, as, it, as the moon's size begins to diminish again, mm-hmm. towards, uh, as it begins to diminish to the point that it's a sliver, and then, bam, there is no moon in the sky, all right, this, this is, that's the indicator that this month has passed and another month is, is, is beginning. Uh, right there. So that's that. Don't, that right there is your indicator or indicators as to how you judge the time and 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 the days as one month progresses and ends and another month simultaneously begins and it starts to progress. Okay. Okay. So uh, that that new uh, year or that new cycle of twelve months that typically takes place in the March April, which is roughly springtime. Exactly. Right. Okay. All right. Um, now, you, you got this uh, Feast of Trumpets, okay, and there's a couple of words in there that, uh, you know, for the average person, it would seem to give a clue as to what, it's, what this is about. One word is feast, you know, feast, you know, festivities, party, you know, have a good time. And the other one is trumpets. So it seems like, you know, those things have to be involved in this Feast of Trumpets. Uh, is, is is that the case? You know, is, is it a party involving trumpets? You know, and if it's not, what things are you want to done? What things are uh, do you actually do and not do uh, to properly observe and keep the feast of trumpets? Okay. Uh, first of all, it is a feast. It's not a feast um, in a sense as we think the word feast mean, meaning um, a party, a constant party. Okay, when we say a feast, it's a feast according to the words, according to the word of the Heavenly Father. And that feast is far most, first, it's um, first uh, giving reverence to the Heavenly Father. And from the beginning, the Heavenly Father appointed us to do uh, certain sacrifices on these days. Um, if we go to Numbers, the 29th chapter, in the first verse, it tells you the things that the Heavenly Father ordained the children um, what he told the children of Israel to offer on this day, okay, from the beginning, okay. Uh, I, I keep emphasis on from the beginning because it, there's, there's been a, a change since that um, under the, um, his son Christ. Once he came and uh, sacrificed his life for the errors of the children of Israel that they may repent and turn to the Heavenly Father, okay. Um, in Numbers 29, in verse 1, it reads, and it says, And in the seventh month... <clears throat> 29, 1 through 6, it says, And in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work. It is a day of blowing the trumpets unto the Lord. So, in a sense, you do blow the trumpets like the Heavenly Father says. Um, those men at that time, the priests, the, uh, which were of the tribe of Levi, the sons of Aaron, okay, those men performed um, certain duties in the temple, and one of them was um, the blowing of the trumpets, okay? Verse 2, and it says, And you shall offer a burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord. So after the blowing of the trumpet, the Heavenly Father immediately tells us what to do. Offer a burnt offering with a sweet savor to him. And here's what it is. It says, On this particular day, it is, verse 2, I'm going to start at, uh, at the beginning. And you shall offer a burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord, one young bullock, one ram, one seven lamb, excuse me, and seven lambs, of the first year without blemish, and their meat 
offering shall be of flour mingled with oil, three three tenth deals for a bullock and one tenth deals for a ram. I'm not going to read the rest of this um, section one through six because it goes into specifically what the heavenly Father wanted us to um, sacrifice, how and what we had, what portions we had to use with each part. But the main point is that we on this day particularly you had to sacrifice and offer to the Lord a young bullock, one ram, and seven lambs. A bullock is a um, um, a beast, a clean beast that the Heavenly Father um, allowed us to uh, sacrifice to him. A ram is like a male goat. It's a male of a particular goat or a sheep family. And then also the seven lambs. So that seven lambs is not like an adult um, goat or a sheep. It was like a yearling. Then it said of no blemish. So those are the things from the beginning the Heavenly Father ordained when we were doing sacrifices um, once again that we had to give to the Lord. And this is a lot of stuff. So now we're and, not uh, doing that now, but that's a lot of stuff. But that, that's and I'd like to add to that. A day of sacrificing, you know, where's, where's the whole notion of feast and trumpets come in? Well, well this, is, this is what is going into Leviticus chapter 23. If you jump down to verse 37 in that same chapter, it tells you, these are the feasts of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocation. Now, when it says feast, it's not going to give you the purpose of what the feast is actually going into. These are the feasts of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocation. Two, offering offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and a drink offering, everything upon his day. So when it says two, it means for the purpose of. These feasts are for the purpose of offering sacrifices to the Heavenly Father. So the feast is actually the sacrifice that you offer to the Heavenly Father. It's not when you, you know, it's not uh, the understanding that we have in these days and modern times where people sit down for a large meal. Um, that, that was included, but that wasn't the purpose. The purpose is to actually offer these sacrifices in acknowledgement and exaltation of the Heavenly Father for the things that he provided uh, to us and also to uh, make amends and atonement and to, be, and to come on one accord with the Heavenly Father. So the feast are the sacrifices. Back then, under the Old Covenant, it was actual physical sacrifices. Now, under the New Covenant, through Christ, they are spiritual sacrifices. Sacrifices are required in, under both covenants. They're just different things now. Okay. Kazaki, aside from the, 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 the sacrifices uh, to, the, to the Most High, uh, anything else that's special about these days as far as like some type of rule or something that you should uh, should do or should not do something? Uh, as far as these days are concerned, the, the the best that I could give you just off the top of my head would be the rules that apply to the Sabbath. Uh, it, is a, it, okay. it is a holy day of the Lord, uh, a holy convocation, which basically means a holy gathering on that day right there, and as well as on the other Sabbath, day, Sabbath days of the Lord's, we are all supposed to come together, and and, uh, and it also states no, no servile work. So if you can get that day off from your job, by all means do so, because you will be in accord with the Heavenly Father and keeping his commandments concerning his high holy days. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to, uh, next question I want to direct to you, and that's that's with regard to these other um I started to say attributes, but not attributes. The other things that you should and shouldn't do surrounding uh, uh, this uh, holy day, the Feast of uh, Trumpets, and Kazaki has brought out. You know, it is a Sabbath, and um, it is also you're all supposed to also supposed to have a holy convocation. And I want to get you to 
elaborate on what that means that it's a Sabbath, you know, not doing any servile work, what that means, and also, uh, you know, the, the whole thing about the Holy Convocation, what that means. And before you get into that, you want to, I want to go ahead and, and bring in the announcement. Just one moment. Brothers and sisters, at this time, please accept our invitation to visit us in the virtual living room to discuss today's topic. Comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. To visit us in the virtual living room, please call 646-716-7749. Also, you can visit our website at thevocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com or call us at 1-877-871-1712. This program is broadcast live each Sunday at 2 p.m. Remember to visit us right now in the virtual living room by calling 646 716 7749. Now, back to today's show. Welcome back to the virtual living room. We are discussing the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, it's a day that is coming up here shortly. Uh, we've already discussed that it's going to actually take place on Friday, September 18th at dark. And before we went to break, uh, I posed a question to you, one done, about this uh, very, very important feast day and, uh, you know, more specifically about the rules regarding the feast day, things that you should do and should not do on this feast day. Because Zakia had brought out the fact that uh, it is a Sabbath and you're not supposed to do any servile work, and um, it is also a holy convocation. You're supposed to have a holy convocation. And I asked you, one done, to expound on those three principles. Okay, um, so now uh, picking up in Leviticus 23 and 25 is when it speaks about the uh, the uh, the uh, memorial blowing of trumpets, verse 25, Leviticus 23 and verse 25, chapter 23, verse 25, it states, "Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord." So, the servile work, okay, when you uh, pick up a dictionary and, you, and if you don't know what servile work is. Um, Webster's Dictionary, one um, term um, definition for servile, meaning of a slave or slaves, like that of slaves or servants. And, it's in that, and it speaks of servile employment. So now, at that time when the Heavenly Father gave the children of Israel, our forefathers, um, the, um, the land of Canaan for an inheritance for them as an um, oath that he gave to their father Abraham, okay, um, you know, the Heavenly Father granted us to have um, servants, okay? So now, in our possessions, when we had lands and when we had uh, fields of crops or whatever type trades or whatever things you had going on, you had servants 
working for you on that particular day. This is showing you that on this day, it's not a day of just regular work. Okay, work is supposed to be shut down. Commerce, like dealing, if you was a farmer, if you was a um, carpenter, those type, any type of business like that would be shut down, and this day would be dedicated to the Heavenly Father. And it, see, it goes in line to how the Heavenly Father esteemed one day over the other, like we read earlier. So the Heavenly Father said on this particular day, you're not going to do work like you normally do on a regular um, day of the week. Okay, so that's the no servile work. No servile work therein. And then to answer your question of the Holy Con. Well, let, me, let me just uh, interject the question here. Uh, say, you know, if you were if you wanted to paint your house or, or mow your lawn or something like that, then that would be okay since you're not actually working a job being paid by somebody. No, I mean, if if you was a – you might not be a painter, but someone else might have a business as a painter. So the thing is you're not doing any work of that nature. You're not out cutting grass, okay? You're not out – um, milking cows, not out like you say, painting the, your house. Those type things on this on this particular day, you're gonna hold that to another day, because the heavenly Father mm-hmm. esteems this day as a day wherein you're not to do that type of work. Okay. You know? So, so essentially, then it's, it's a it's a Sabbath of rest. The only difference is on on the regular Sabbath, you aren't supposed to do any work at all. But in this instance, uh, you, you just can't do any servile work. So uh, in this instance, you know, what would be the difference, you know, uh, things that you could do um, that you couldn't do on a regular Sabbath, on a seventh-day Sabbath? Okay. Well, you, you would be you, able to – Go ahead. You would be able to, to cook, okay? Like okay. on a regular Sabbath, you're not able to cook, okay? But on this day, you would be able to cook, okay, because you um, – that's one thing you can do um, that's okay. different from the other Sabbaths. Other, other Sabbaths, like the seventh day of the week Sabbath, like the scriptures say, we can't do any buying and selling, no um, cooking, okay, and no work. On this particular day, you you can cook, but you're not doing the other things, the buying and selling, okay, and and doing like I said, serve out work. You're not you're not doing that stuff as well today. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Does somebody else have a comment on um, the the principles that you're supposed to abide by on the feet of trumpets? Um, no, boy, I believe you had something, didn't you? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. I was, I was, I, was, I believe, Kabar, you you were about to say something, weren't you? Well, I was just going to say, you know, uh, just to reiterate what the brother was bringing out, as far as you know, um, the activities are all surrounding uh, what was necessary for this feast day. Uh, to be done on that day. Uh, that's what your energies, your, your focus, and your duties were. And that's why it, it, it separated serve by work, meaning your regular work week, uh, work that you did, or the things that you did for employment. All of that was a feast. And the, and the only type of activity you was engaged in was the activities as it related to this feast. And, and you know, that's the only point I was going to make on that. Okay. All right, so just the activities in regard to the feast, those are things that you can do as, as far as work is concerned. But as far as, like, you know, a work that a servant would do, painting the house, mowing the lawn, uh, driving across town to a job, sit at a desk and manage folks or whatever, you know, those kinds of things you can't do. You can, or, any, or anything that you would be, you know, related to whatever your employment was or your your uh, daily business would be. That was about right. Okay. 
Kazaki, could you expound a little bit more on you, you brought it out? You know that we were supposed to keep a holy convocation. You know, what does that mean? Is that any different from the holy convocation that you do on the Sabbath day? And uh, if, if if there is no difference, could you just talk a little bit about what it means to keep a holy convocation? Period. All right. I'd like to first and foremost, I'd like to start with uh, reading uh, Numbers twenty nine one and uh, verses one and two. But the point specific to what you're asking is in verse one. Numbers twenty nine and one. And in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, ye shall have an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work. It is a day of blowing of the trumpets unto you. And ye shall offer a burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord, one young bullock, one ram, and seven lambs of the first year without blemish. So now the point right here that I'd like to emphasize is uh, ye shall have a holy convocation. And it was, uh, it, was, it was brought out in the spirit of Christ that a holy convocation is basically a holy gathering in which uh, our people will come together uh, for the purposes back then during this time period, back then during the time period that we're reading about, uh, of, of sacrificing these animals to the Lord and, uh, and, 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 and remembrance of this particular day that he ordained. So now in these days and times, of course, we are no longer making animal sacrifices because, you know, Christ was that last sacrifice, as, if, uh, uh, as you read in Hebrews, the ninth chapter. But the, the, the day still remains as the day that we must come together as, as, as Israelites, a holy gathering, for the purposes of uh, of giving honor and praise to the Heavenly Father and remembering remembering this particular day, uh, as uh, but as was previously previously stated, not with animal sacrifices no more. So that holy convocation is a holy gathering. We all get together, uh, we all come together, and we offer up prayers of thanks, and we offer up prayers uh, of, of remembrance that uh, to the to the Heavenly Father, acknowledging this day. And we give thanks to the Heavenly Father for his, uh, for his grace and his mercies, his tender mercies, for allowing us the opportunity to come back in the spirit of his son, Jesus Christ, and celebrate the, uh, the true high holy days which are found in the Bible. Okay. Thank you for bringing that out, brother, and explaining that. Um, Kabar, there's, in this Numbers 29, there's scripture here that you wanted to read earlier about various sacrifices and other rituals and so forth. And Kazakia just mentioned that we don't do those things anymore. Uh, why, why is that? He said, with Christ, we don't do those things anymore. Could you, could you go more into explaining, you know, what he meant by that? Exactly. Because what is, what is the, of the greatest importance when we look at these feast days, especially nowadays, is to understand how does it relate now uh, with the Most High, how does He look? How is He looking at it, and what are, how are we supposed to address it uh, in these days and times? First of all, you have to understand that we are under a new covenant. Uh, Jeremiah 33 verse 33 explains what that new covenant actually is, and that new covenant is not going to be based on physical sacrifices. That new covenant is going to be based on spiritual sacrifices that we now bring to the Heavenly Father. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24 says. Wherefore, the Lord was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, meaning Christ has come and preached the gospel and established a new covenant, but after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. For we, for we, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
So what, it, what we have to understand is that when it says we are no longer under that schoolmaster, it doesn't mean we don't have to keep the, uh, the laws and statutes and commandments of the Heavenly Father. What it does mean is that in the initiation of a new covenant, new covenant has been has begun, and the and the old covenant which we was under that has now passed away. And so all the things that we are commanded to do are based on that new covenant. Now, yes, we are we are to keep we are to keep the feast of tabernacles, but now the whole focus is in what does it mean now under the new covenant in Christ? The feast of trumpets, you mean? Yes, sorry, the Feast of Trumpets. What, is, you know, what does it mean now under the New Covenant in Christ? Uh, how do we adjust the, the Feast of Trumpets now? What, what's the significance in Christ for us now? Okay, you want to is there anything else that you could point to in the Scriptures that will further, further illustrate um, how it is that you, you don't sacrifice those animals and some of the other rituals uh, now that, you know, with Christ, how Christ made a difference there? Yeah. Yes, sir. I can if you could. Because um, <clears throat> remember in times past we said how the priests were to do all of those things. Okay, so now if we read the high, the, the priests were to go do, offer the sacrifices. So now when we go to Hebrews chapter 9, and um, we're going to start at verse 11. It says, Hebrews 9 and 11, it says, But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. So Christ is now our, our high priest, okay? Those those Israelites that the Heavenly Father appointed, the, um, the Levi, tribe of Levi specifically, the sons of Aaron to be his priests, those are not the priests anymore, okay? The priest now, the high priest now is Christ, okay? And um, I'm just going to jump to verse 13. So now we're doing things through the, high, the new high priest, which is Christ, and... Um, it's, he has what is like it says um, of good things to come. So now it's a more fulfilling of come through Christ. Um, one more verse. I'm gonna go to verse 13. It says, "For if the blood of bulls and of goats and and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the clean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh." Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God? Then it says, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So now Christ, he is um, He is that sacrifice. Uh, we don't need any more sacrifices, but here at the end it's also letting you know to purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God, meaning repent, come back, and keep the commandments that the Lord says. Because Christ is our high priest and we don't do sacrifices, that does not mean that we do not keep the commandments of the Lord. So what the Lord's um, tells us to thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, don't eat the um, things that's unclean. We still do those things. But because of our, our our father's sins, when I said the children of Israel, that's what I mean by our fathers. Okay, we sinned. Now Christ took on that punishment for us. But yet we still come back and do the righteous acts of the Lord. And that's um, to repent, repentance, and keep the commandments. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Please. Yeah, I'm gonna say that because we because that sacrifice of Christ is something t direly important that we that's something that we have to understand the the extreme significance of it all. In Hebrews chapter ten, starting uh, at verse three, it says, "For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins." Jumping down because uh, we're gonna jump down now 
to uh, verse 10, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10, and here's the culmination of it all. Uh, excuse me, I'll start at verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. That he that's saying, I come to do thy will, O God, is Jesus Christ. And it's saying, the Most High taketh away the first, meaning that first covenant, that he may establish the second, the second covenant. By the which, verse 10, by the which we are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So now basically the point is, uh, in reference to the, this memorial of the Lord of Trumpets, uh, as we read in Leviticus and Numbers, there were sacrifices that had to be made. But in Hebrews, it's telling us that Christ, when he sacrificed himself on that cross, it was once for everything, for all the sacrifices uh, concerning the high holy days, the, 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 the memorial blowing of trumpets, as well as for sin included, when Christ sacrificed himself on that cross for our sins, he fulfilled everything, the sin offering as well as the, the, the feast offerings on every high holy day, including the memorial blowing the trumpets. So we can't talk about uh, the memorial blowing the trumpets or any high holy day of the Lord without reverencing Christ and the part he plays and the significance of the sacrifice that he made on all of these particular high holy days that we celebrate. So as the brother brought out, no, we are no longer responsible for making the animal sacrifices, we are not the sacrifice, but we are still responsible for keeping the commandments of the high holy days included that the Heavenly Father ordained for us to keep. You know, another another aspect about that change and why, you know, the focus now is, is in Christ, there's two scriptures also that clarify that. Uh, the first being John chapter 5 and verse 39. It says, search the scriptures, meaning the entire reference of the Bible that we now have from Genesis to Revelation. Search the, script, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have an eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And that's the thing that we have to understand, like it says in Isaiah 8 and 20, to the law and to the testimony, the testimony of this entire Bible, the focal point of this entire Bible is Jesus Christ. And that's why the new covenant was established. And because the new covenant was established, you also had a change and the way the Most High was going to allow things to go. The, the basic outline was going to stay the same, but there are certain aspects within the covenant that was going to be changed. One of the cheapest being that animal sacrifice was going to be, was going to be changed. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 11, it says, If therefore perfection were by the living... It says, excuse me, uh, pardon that... Uh, Everybody, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 11, it says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not called after the order of Aaron? Verse 12, For the priesthood being changed, is made, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. So there's going to be when the new covenant came in, there were going to be certain aspects of that old covenant that was going to be changed, uh, reformed, and made better under the new covenant. Jump down to verse 14 of Hebrews 11, excuse me, Hebrews 7, it says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood, because the priesthood was established after the order of Levi. So we understand that's how you have a change going on as far as 
the new covenant and what the stipulations of it were going to be. Now, the, the aspect we're dealing with now is looking at, okay, now we understand we are supposed to focus on the Feast of Trumpets as it relates to Christ under the new covenant. And what is that Feast of Trumpets actually going into? When you, the, the whole purpose of the trumpet is really to sound a warning. It's an alarm to make people aware of something. When you look at the overall general understanding of what that's going into, and you have scriptures that point that out. The chief, uh, among them are Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 3 when it talks about that watchman that Ezekiel was supposed to be to the nation of Israel and sounding that trumpet, meaning sounding that alarm to tell our people to repent and follow, repent from the evil ways and come back to the Heavenly Father. Also, when you look into Joel, Joel the second chapter and verse 2, there's a, there's, there's a point there that actually begins to focus us in on Christ as far as the Feast of Trumpets is concerned. Joel chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord, is, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. And that day of the Lord is talking about the return of Jesus Christ, and that's why that trumpet is being sounded, because Christ is on his way back to uh, make the kingdom of man the kingdom of God, meaning that he's going to establish the kingdom of the Heavenly Father on earth now. And the warning that we're supposed to be sending out to our people now is as Christ did in Matthew 4, 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the trumpet that's being sound now. That's the significance of the memorial blowing the trumpet to focus us in on redirecting our lives through repentance in Christ to seek the Heavenly Father in the kingdom of heaven. Well, brothers, I tell you, you know, you, you've gone uh, through this uh, it, it, with a lot of detail and covered a number of points. But just just for for a moment, consider someone who this may be the first day or just recently they picked up the Bible and started reading. Um, some of the things that we discuss here may seem like Greek. It may be a little bit confusing to them, especially when on one hand you're discussing that you know, in order to keep this day back in uh, Leviticus and, and Numbers, you're speaking in terms of sacrifices and some other rituals, and, and now you go to Hebrews and Galatians, and, you know, it seems to indicate you don't. So, you know, in a person really trying to understand why don't you and exactly what you're supposed to do, is is that understanding, which, should you expect that understanding to come right now in an instant, or is that something that, takes place over a period of time. You know, what what should someone's expectation be as, as far as understanding these principles? The, the expectation should be, according to Psalms 111 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. The point I'd like to emphasize is that the second precept in verse, uh, in verse 10 of Psalm 111. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. So now, the point is, of course, it may, it, well, everybody, everybody's level of method of understanding is not, it's not the same, it's not equal. But, of course, it may sound, for some people, it may sound uh, difficult. Or it may sound like, what are you talking about? Sacrifices, so forth and so on, what are you talking about? But when a person repents and begins to keep the commandments according to Christ, according to how the scriptures outline, then through time and application, they will begin to get the understanding of the commandments that they're keeping. 
So it, it for the sake for the sake of putting it out there, it may sound foreign. It may sound strange to to, to the person who may be listening to this uh, broadcast for the very first time. But if that person is truly sincere and is serving the Lord and following Christ, then that person, Lord willing, that person repents and they begin to follow the, follow these commandments, these ordinances, through the example of Jesus Christ, and through time and application, they'll begin to get the understanding of what it means, what it signifies, and how we go about doing these things, keeping these commandments, these ordinances, and these days and times, and the significance of Christ, and all these things that we do. Okay. But it has to start so first and so foremost. So, if someone is, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it has to start first and foremost with repentance. Okay, very good. Uh, thank you for, so much for explaining that. Uh, and you, you, you brought out that it is someone should not expect necessarily that they're going to understand all of these principles in an instance. But you brought out the whole thing about repentance, and you want to could you go into more about what repentance means, you know, especially pertaining to this, this holy day, but also in pertaining to all the commandments and laws? What does that mean? Okay. Um, to sum it up, repentance, I, w- I would say start with always with the Son of the Heavenly Father, which is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and he says uh, in Matthew chapter 11, and I'm going to go straight to the point, um, verse 28. And 29, it says, he said in Matthew 11:28 and 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So now the thing is, when Christ is saying, take my, uh, come upon Unto me, all ye that are la- that labor and are heavy laden, because many scriptures tell us how the children of Israel, how we sinned, and the Lord says how we laden with sin and iniquity. Okay, but now Christ is saying, come and take His yoke on Him. I mean, on take His yoke upon you and learn of Him. That means to study, um, repent. Okay, and um, then He says He's meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest to your souls, because you won't have that burden of sin on you. Okay, like the scriptures say, now the, uh, you know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now that you're coming back in the um, the, the the righteous the doctrine of Christ, you won't have that burden of iniquity on you because you repented and you're learning. You're learning the righteous acts that Christ gave us the example to follow. But see, the key to repentance is us learning Christ and putting on the yoke of Christ, and that's the beginning of sin. And He will show you all things, even these high holy days. What we sp- what we speak of. It is he who gives us all understanding. So put on that yoke of Christ and come back to the Father and leave off sin by the example in Christ. And that's repentance. And he'll show you, give you knowledge of all things. Because he said, many, in one scripture Christ says that um, um, I can do all things in Christ. So it's all about um, lining yourself with the word of Christ. Okay. And uh, Kabar, would you like to uh, add anything to what you wanted to understand about repentance? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's definitely uh, the the entire the entire focal point of the Bible, of course, is Christ, and the entire doctrine of Christ was repentance. And the disciple, when you know Christ saw repentance, his disciples, uh, Mark six and twelve, when they went out, I mean, his apostles, when they went out, they saw repentance. So the entire focal point is repentance. 
And as it relates, and we're dealing with the topic of the Feast of Trumpets, we know that, of course, this is talking about that alarm that's being sounded, and that alarm that's being sounded is repent uh, through Christ for the remission of sins, put off the old man, put on that new man, um, which is a process of repentance, and then through that you'll, you'll, you're going to be sanctifying yourself or making yourself clean so that you may be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And, and um, you know, so, so the, you know, that, that, that's, what, that's what the focal point is going into. That's what we should be looking at when we're dealing with the Feast of Trumpets is not only the ordinance, but also what is it actually, the, the meaning of it for us in Christ, and that's that, that sounding that alarm and, and understanding that we have to come back to through Christ and repent from our sins. Now, Kazakia, uh, when you start talking about uh, a feast and repentance and all that, it sounds almost like two different things. You know, it sounds like you're talking about something, the feast, something that's going to be fun and enjoyable, and then repentance, something that's going to be really kind of boring and dry and drab and all that. Could you explain, you know, how that all fits together? Okay. I'm, I'm going to try my best to. Um Romans chapter twelve and verse one, and that's the and, and that's the part I like to emphasize. It's in the verse. It's in the first verse. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So now the point is that we present ourselves a live that living sacrifice unto the Lord. In other words, what I'm doing or what I was doing in the world contrary to Christ, I'm stopping that, and I'm presenting myself to Heavenly Father. Here I am, Lord. I want to be that vessel meet for your use. I want to learn of you. I want to follow your son, Jesus Christ, and I am sacrificing myself. In other words, my carnal desires, everything that's wicked that I was used to doing, that I took pleasure in doing that, I'm not doing that anymore. I want to take pleasure in that which is righteous, which is following you, one. Two, in reference to the, uh, these feasts that we keep, we are that sacrifice, no more animals. So we come to the Lord and we present ourselves that sacrifice to the Heavenly Father and we take pleasure in keeping these commandments, keeping these feast days. And where in the scriptures does it says that a feast day that has to be drab and boring and, and, and mundane and things of that nature? Uh-huh. Right. When we come together to serve the Lord, come together in gladness, like the scripture says, come together in, in gladness and show forth his praise and singing. Of course, I'm butchering the scriptures, but... That's the overall purpose of it. All right. Well, brothers, we're about out of time right now. Uh, thank you so much for participating. And until next time, the most high in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. 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 Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com. Or you can email us at bodyofchrist at newreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ. Bless you. Shalom.
Thank you.